From Nickelodeon Studios in Burbank, California, this is the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Hector Navarro. Welcome to the podcast. My guests today are the creators of one of the greatest kids shows of all time, a show that was nominated for over half a dozen Emmys, featured incredibly popular musical artists like Mos Def, Jimmy Eat World, actors like Jack Black, Elijah Wood, Bratis Muno, Fufa, Broby, Tootie, Plex, and DJ Lance Rock, and showed off the brilliance that is the Aquabats. I'm talking, of course, about Yo Gabba Gabba. And my guests today are MC Bat Commander and the Sea Ghost themselves, Christian Jacobs and Scott Schultz. This is going to go awesome. I can't wait. Really? <laughs> because you guys are, are are big geeks and you are obviously geeking out about stuff right <laughs> oh, in front of man. me. <laughs> I love that. We're kind of geeks. Oh yeah. What big kind geeks. of stuff are you into right now? What are you what are you collecting? What are you obsessed with? It's one of those things of like, I have to go through phases because I want so much that I have to say, okay, now I'm not collecting records anymore. I just cannot do that. Yeah. I, I'm not collect. So we got to start with what I'm not collecting. Not okay. collecting records, not mm-hmm. collecting vintage things for the house. Can't yeah. do that anymore. Can't <laughs> do that. I've really turned down my Japanese toy collecting. Like it's way yeah. down. Oh no. Because I'm at the level where Wait. it's like, Everything I still want is way too expensive. <laughs> yeah, how do you turn that down though? That's I like turned it. Already it's way. I haven't bought like a new to- Japanese toy in a long time. But what? Uh, wow. I was really into collecting Japanese so toys for a long yeah. time. But then I got really into movie posters. I've been in, in collecting movie posters yeah. a lot. Yeah. Then you got to frame them. Most of them are in a big stack against a wall. Like just can't. I can't hang them up. There's no room. Yeah, that's the same with me. I've I have a collection that's just like grown yeah. in my storage and there's nowhere to hang there's it. no walls because yeah. every wall has wow. like something on it you know you guys probably have such cool houses with full of cool stuff no you know <laughs> you'd think <laughs> yeah you'd think so let's 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 leave yeah. that to the imagination let's, okay. let's, let's just think our houses are amazing <laughs> let's oh. just say it's that re- there's there's probably man cave offices that's right that's right <laughs> but both of us because both of our wives are like get that stuff out <laughs> Obviously, see the influence of stuff like Sesame Street, Pee Wee's Playhouse, H.R. Puffin stuff, Banana Splits. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Did the appreciation for that, was that built in at the kid level or did that kind of stuff come later? Uh, the stuff when we were kids, no one can get away from that, right? Like we're yeah. all influenced by stuff when we're kids. But as the same kind of nerdy adults who collect weird VHSs, I mean, we were collecting weird dubs vhs dubs of crazy 60s like kids shows when we didn't have kids yeah yeah (laughs) we've known each other since high school yeah long story short my mom remarried scott's uncle Mm -hmm. so we were instant cousins and we were 16 or 17 like Mm -hmm. we became like family Mm -hmm. and Scott and I hit it off right away because we had a lot of the same interests. And so even in high school, we were in the same kind of music. We were going to shows together and we would go to Tower Records and rent weird movies together. Like, <laughs> yep. you know, like all the all the classic cult movies we, you know, er- Eraserhead, all the David Lynch stuff. Like mm-hmm. anything in the midnight movie y- section. Yeah, midnight wow. movies <laughs> like, you know, John Waters and, you know, even... Uh, 
Maybe I shouldn't go there. We shouldn't go specific, but let's just say we watched a lot of weird movies together at like 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, with our Game Boy color, just like. (laughs) And so I think from growing up kind of in the golden age of television, like at the dawn of children's TV and. And and then going through like punk rock and hip hop and all the crazy expo- you know cultural explosions that we were able to experience, and then when we started having kids, we were going through a resurgence of like this is awesome and this is cool and check this out. There's this place this place online that sells these bootleg tapes of this show from Germany or you know <laughs> discovering stuff from you know internationally. That also weighed into it, and then it all just came together as we started having families of our own. Then it, it just yeah. all locked in. We were doing the Aquabats before Gabba and before we had kids, and so mm-hmm. that's also very campy B movie, totally kid ter- show, kid shows and B movies and midnight movies. Yeah. It's all just an amalgamation of of all that stuff. Absolutely, those. Yeah. The, I mean, that, and then you get to Gabba later. They both do this brilliant thing of bringing out a childlike enjoyment from an adult, whether or not those fans even have kids themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think this is maybe off the topic, but I <laughs> see my kids have so much access to cartoons and media, yeah. and it's great. Like they're seeing. Some of the best stuff, like better stuff than we'd ever seen, like yep. well-written, like shows that are just beautiful that I want to watch. And I think for us, you know, it was different in that there was this kind of thing where we had to seek it out. There's like only certain times and yeah. places that we could get it. Yeah. So then it became more of like a, oh, we have to be there to see this. And that kind of grew with us. So then, you know, as a teenager, when you're buying music, you have to like figure it out in a magazine. And then like as an adult, it just naturally became this like collector's mentality where we want to collect stuff that we haven't seen as a kid, stuff we missed, stuff from Japan, stuff in from the 60s when we weren't born, you know. Mm -hmm. It was just this like, whoa, there's so much beautiful stuff out there that we had no access to. Are you guys big gamers? I, I love games. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's like the arcade is our generation. Yeah. We are old. We you are can, those dudes. You can see it. You know what I mean? It's in Yo Gabba For Gabba. Sure. It's there. It's yeah. giant. You, you got the like joystick. It's, it's quarters. You spend all your quarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But How many it, times did we spend nights at 7-Eleven? That's what I was going like, to say. dumping quarters Teenagers would be like, we got 20 bucks each. We're going to go to 7-Eleven. Eight hours. All night. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to win whatever that yeah, dumb game gonna was. we're just going to get as far as we can, you know? <laughs> what was your guys' uh, games? What was the one arcade where you're like, I own this. This is mine. Oh, man. Oh, we, I, I was <laughs> never so very many. good. We sp- I spent a lot of money, but I never got good. But there's a lot, you know? We, oh, we played so many. Everything from, you know, obviously the classics, the Donkey Kong and all that stuff to, like, there's that game that's formatted. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game yeah. that had the four controllers yep. up next to each other. Yeah. And there was a bunch of games that, the Simpsons game, yes. all those games that kind of came after X-Men, that. X-Men, all that stuff. The scrolling yeah. X-Men. Yeah. yeah. We dumped a ton of money oh, yeah. into that particular machine mm-hmm. whether it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or it was X-Men <laughs> or it was Simpsons I remember that one was at the 7-Eleven like it, they would just rotate the what whatever the game was and yeah then, uh, you know what the most memorable games to me are mm. are the ones I hated 
because <laughs> they were so hard and they took my quarters. Defender. Defender. <laughs> Paperboy. Williams yeah. games. Yeah. Williams. Skateboarding yeah. 360 or whatever. Yeah. A 720. 720. Yeah, I sucked at that game too. <laughs> so terrible. Like, you're stealing my money. What's going That's on? Right. And those are the ones that stay with me. Dragon's Lair. The ultimate, the ultimate, oh, like, drop the, a quarter and, like, <gasps> you're done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I supposed to spend 100 bucks on that game trying to get past <laughs> levels. That's so Because you could only jump when the thing lit up, like, and you had to jump. Yeah. But that, and that game was way ahead of its time in a way. Mm. With the technology nowadays, you could do something more like Dragon's Lair that was even more impressive, sure. I think, and easier to play. Yeah. Oh, like, that rem- game was so hard to play. I remember my jam. <laughs> prizes, prizes, prizes. Uh, Mega Man or Megathon or oh, what was that one? <laughs> Where it's like, Girls and prizes and hundred billions of dollars and I don't know you're just like what. killing everything in the world. It's like uh, you know what's sad is you're gonna have to narrow it down. Yeah, you're describing a lot of game video games. Available. You're gonna have to narrow it down, Scott. <laughs> Girls and prizes. I, I, think, I don't know. Oh, gabba, gabba. Was there any sort of fear of having that old school feel, even that sort of 8-bit video game influence in Yo Gabba Gabba or even the old school kids show feel? Was that something that you guys had to like pitch people on this more sort of retro feel, I guess? Absolutely. That was actually kind of hard for us to get through. We were really lucky though, because just to go back to GABA starting Mm -hmm. was because we made, we knew it was unpitchable, obviously. I mean, you think, even you (laughs) see it now, it's like, we pitched it a little bit. Yeah. And we were getting stuff like, huh? Like, what? Like, so, you know, you have all the characters and they're illustrated. And we literally, this happened in a couple of pitches. And we would say, Kate, this is live act, a live action show with these characters. And then mm-hmm. the executives would look at it and they'd go, so it's animated? Yeah. Or they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this animated show you're talking about. No, no. Oh, live action. They're like, well, how do you do this live action? There's, yeah, these, yeah. Here's a cartoon. <laughs> Are like, you pitching this in Texas? Yeah, Are you we, pitching we, this we in the old West? We went to Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Cool. We, we were just channeling what's really inside an executive's <laughs> mind. They're just all oil yeah, barons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't understand this, sonny. I anyway, reckon it doesn't make sense. So we just knew, like, forget it. Let's just okay. make it ourselves and... Yeah, wow. so we did the pilot. And so doing the pilot, we were able to make what we wanted to make. And so yeah. obviously, it wasn't as calculated, I think, as it was just like, this is what we love and our mm-hmm. kids are going to love it too, right? They're only like two years old right now and we're just going <laughs> to put in like 8-bit video game things and references to our own pop culture love and all this yeah. stuff. And it was great that the like teenagers and yeah, totally. Because this is like, an adult into. projection to put on the show is like, yeah. this section of the show features an 8-bit video game. Kids do not like those. <laughs> it's like, hello, right. dummy, you know? <laughs> I was a kid once, and I we have two-year-olds. It, basically, it's an animated thing that's it's walking across the screen. It's, it's, it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Like, just Five leave it alone. Little just bumper. leave it alone. Yeah. Did you guys test the show on your own kids and go, yep, two-year-olds like it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But they yeah. were in it. You know, they we had them. They were our... But the, I think the demo was, we made was our sons when oh. they were like three years old, like so, dancing across the screen. But like even before that, I think just yeah. like listening to hip hop with our kids and we're like, they respond to the like beat or, you know, mm-hmm. listening to like yeah. some, some uh, punk rock song that they're like, they were to respond to. It's like, these are the things that we were like, oh my gosh, 
this, these are all the things we could put in this show. This is great. This is stuff. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the lyrics maybe not yeah. super important, but the kids respond to the beats and the simplicity of like the Ramones and the simplicity of like eighties. You know, when I hear music, hmm. it makes there's a simple yeah. dance beats that it was very. It's very rudimentary. It's very almost primal. Mm-hmm. Same with you know. The Tommy Ramones drumming it just sounds like a bunch of cavemen like running around, you know, and really young kids really responded to that stuff. And we were lucky. I mean, having worked in entertainment right now, it's like mm-hmm. we see it's like everything is so very calculated and tested and planned. And we just were like winging it, doing what we wanted to do with notebooks falling around our kids, taking down little <laughs> ideas. And then we just made that into yeah. a pilot. And then the pilot. I think because of the viral frenzy that happened afterwards, yeah. it sort of like synced the deal of like, oh, this is the show has to be. So when we did get picked up by Nickelodeon, I mean, we were overjoyed. Wow, what was that moment like? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was just so crazy. It was a whirlwind. Honestly, like, yeah. it was a whirlwind from the weekend we got the viral frenzy of the video passed around. Yeah. And hundreds thousands of emails came in a a lot of people that ended up being working on the show a lot of like even like people like rob schrab like emailed in that first initial thing and was like what is this i saw this it's amazing i want to be part of it cool most of those people ended up working on yeah well (laughs) not thousands but you know the people that really resonated or had production experience or they're like i want to work on your show yeah so cool. and that's just kind it, of we didn't even really plan fell that into you know? place yeah it yeah. just really it really it was magic there are thinkers and doers and doers just do it they're not looking for answers by having a meeting because i can get action and i'm taking the wheel steering the ship right into the storm just bringing it this is all sort of coming from seeing what your kids are like because you guys are starting to have families. You're going from this sort of, you know, we have this really cool band that's gained popularity, but then you're becoming family people. Is that kind of where the well, idea that, of Yo Gabba Gabba came is because Scott and I, we've been working together doing music videos. We were, we started working together professionally doing skateboard videos. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and we'd been trying to get stuff off the ground, particularly the Aquabats TV show. We mm-hmm. were trying to get that made and, we were writing scripts, kind of aiming a little bit towards a more adult audience, probably sure. like a young adults. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Aquabats were never necessarily like inappropriate for kids. But right. in the beginning, we didn't really, we weren't thinking of having kids in mind. Mm-hmm. We were keeping it fun in all ages, but especially with the TV show, it was kind of more, it was a little edgier mm-hmm. and more sarcastic, mm-hmm. a little more adult, you know, adult swim, if you will. Right. And I think having kids, like we have separate families, but we had kids around the same time. So my oldest and his oldest are like maybe a year, a yeah, couple months years, apart, yeah. maybe a year apart. Mm-hmm. And so we had kids that were watching TV right at the same time. We were working together. We we're heading that direction anyway. And it just clicked mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like everything that we're into, all this stuff, just that explosion happened of like, this is perfect. Let's yeah. make a show for the, our kids. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, us as crazy like connoisseurs of kids programming, obviously when our kids are just barely old enough to like see stuff, we're like, 
come on, yes, let's watch this together. I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. to see Pee Wee's Playhouse together, you know? Yeah. So we were those type of dads, like sitting down with them, like watching. And then like, we'd be sitting down and watching something on TV that we're like, ooh, <laughs> like like Doodle Bops or something. We're just like, ooh, ooh something has to be done. Like yeah. something Some, better is something like- Something must take this show out. Like the world is so beautiful. <laughs> There's so much greatness. There's so much music and animation. And yeah. why are we watching this? Why is my- child watching yeah, this like I the love wiggles this were I, my kids weren't allowed to watch the wiggles and <laughs> no offense to the wiggles but y- y- you know coming out of skateboarding and the action sports industry as well and not to sound like a total snob but like there's such a like what is cool is so important especially yeah. with skateboarders yeah they will hate to say this but there's a lot of insecure skateboarders <laughs> they have to like prove they're cool all the time you know what I mean yeah we were there you know oh, we were there in high we school there. so but <laughs> So being aware of what's cool without being a polarizing was something that we were also very keen on. Like this can be cool without making the person that's uncool feel like a jerk. Yeah. We can make something that's inclusive and make everyone can have fun and be cool. Mm -hmm. And kids preschool shows can be cool. Like they can be hip. They don't have to be so square, you know? Right. There doesn't have to be a rainbow in every room. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can, exactly. Let's do monochromatic in this room. And yeah. <laughs> the overall show is a rainbow, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and hey, there's notes painted on the wall. This must be a music show. It's like, oh gosh, you know, <laughs> push that piano off the cliff. Like, geez, you, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But it's a, it was also that idea of us as parents is like, hey, we want to take part in this too. Like, we yeah. want to yeah. watch this show. Like, yeah. it was never the idea of like, okay, we're going to, let's put adult stuff in it mm-hmm. that's like the kids will won't get for adults it's like no let's put stuff that adults are gonna love about being a kid again that's right yeah bringing the kid out because that's what is so beautiful about having children is like you experience them growing up with them and it reminds you of your experience that you didn't you know you just lived it you didn't really like acknowledge it but now you're like i love this yeah so anything that helps kind of both of us experience that together was like yes and that's where GABA came from exactly so you know GABA is not overtly rife with like adult jokes and stuff like that stuff that goes over kids heads or like you know Ethel Merman references and stuff like that which you know growing up watching Warner Brothers cartoons and stuff there's so much stuff that went over our heads sure sure but we we were really keen on like let's make I thought we didn't like that stuff or watch it or own it or own it (laughs) we're all into it but with GABA, because it, it's so young, it's preschool, we we had to... We just want to be a kid Put that stuff again. in there that we all love. It's like yeah. a universal thing. And yeah, there's a few things in there that definitely go over kids' heads, but not to the point of where it takes away from the narrative. Exactly. Or, exactly. You know, it's a tongue-in-cheek celebration. We're just like, yeah, this yeah. is the best, funnest, danciest, musicist, <laughs> craziest <laughs> right. thing. How soon did it happen where you had fans in that sort of community of musicians and actors and, you know, quote unquote celebrities that were going, oh, I love Yo Gabba Gabba. I want to be a part of that. The second season for sure, like so hard. But (laughs) first season, we had a few, which was just, hey, check out our pilot that we made and they got it. The advantage of making a pilot. Yeah. Kids at home, if you have an idea, just go make it. Don't wait mm-hmm. for someone to give you money to do it. Absolutely. Which is what we're still waiting for our next project for someone to give us money. <laughs> uh, Elijah was like, yeah. he got it. He was like, yeah. oh, he this emailed is for us, us the next day. So yeah, we met yeah. Elijah Wood at an Aquabats show. Sure. And uh, J- Justin, our producer, had a 
a backpack full of DVDs and gave <laughs> Elijah Wood the DVD. And he emailed the next day. He's cool. like, I want to be on the show. When can I, when can I start? <laughs> That's awesome. And, and we were like, okay, awesome. He gets it. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. just like you, there's people that totally get the show or they don't get it at all. Right. And that was also evident as the seasons came along and people's managers and agents were calling like, they want to do the show. Cause it was cool now, you know, Yeah. but we were really keen on like, okay, this person knows it's cool. And this person thinks that they know about it. So let's pick this person that knows it's cool. There's that skateboard it. culture that yeah, is right you know, there. That skateboard like, mentality. But, and we turned some people down that could have like really, sure. you know, made a difference or whatever. Like, right. But you know, that's why. <laughs> and I don't need to t- but talk about it, but maybe I will a little bit. That's the best reason that what made Gabba Gabba and not Sesame Street is because yes. it wasn't just like a-listers like whoever mm-hmm. is like top who's it the was... biggest name right now like mm-hmm. we don't care about that mm-hmm. we had mark mothers bonds so we had paul williams on the show it was like, like so an cool. eclectic crazy paul williams you know like wh- how does he resonate with anyone <laughs> under the age of 35 yeah like, he doesn't really. and even with those people they <laughs> yeah and even there it's like it's but we think he's awesome and he the songs he wrote they'll last forever like yeah. he's amazing and so we had him on the show like Indulge us, you know, like we're indulgent, but it was really fun and it just, it, I think it worked out really good. different preschool has its own kind of like unique situation, different than even other kids stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, it re- I think that is what allowed us to be more choosy too, is because they mm-hmm. don't know, they don't, there is no kind of like, they don't know the celebrity, they yeah. don't know these bands. Yep. It's just presenting a, a wide, diverse array of like life and Totally. And, and the spirit of it, of, the fu- of fun yep. and discovery and that age, it's just like magical. I learned how to brush my teeth, dad, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're the best. It's just like, they're so it. full of joyous moments That's and, so and ups cool. and downs and sadness. And, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they get their feelings hurt for the first time or they, it's the magic moments mm-hmm. of that propel life, you know, totally. is right in preschool. And so. It's such a magic, I love preschool, magical so to, to do fun things. You That's know? awesome. And then they turn seven and they get cynical and they, <laughs> yeah, they hate the world. You know? Oh boy, I know it. That's my son. You know, my oh, youngest yeah. is seven, and he pretty much watched. Maybe he watched Yo Gabba twice because he has older brothers and sisters. And yeah, like yeah. forget that baby show. <laughs> We're watching Game of Thrones, Dad. <laughs> Give me oh. a cigar. Oh, oh, okay. Let's all do it together with Biz. Okay, here's business Peter today. Now practice this at home, and I'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Maybe the most famous dancey dancer, Nathaniel. How many juice boxes did you give him that day? How many juice boxes? Seriously. (laughs) He came with his own moves he <laughs> was like a joyous child of dance and we don't that's like a lot of gabba's like we're kind of setting up dominoes and letting them fall you know what i mean and that's right. the fun of it we're not like here you do this exact just like this yeah. that's the best part i mean those little segments i'm going to give scott all the credit for the, those yeah. little segments oh just those that, segments not just those just, but you know but specifically there were like segments in the shows that you know in creating the show like I had an idea for this, so like let's do that. And Scott had an idea for this, but the dancing segments with the kids, yeah, that's one of many of Scott's ideas. But he was like, in between segments, we'll let the kids dance. We'll just let them yeah. go. And 
I was like, okay, okay, sure. That sounds great. Why not? Like, because we had to find little interstitials for each little little bumpers. Yeah. And, you know, the raddest thing about that is I think a, on a different network or something, they would have been casting those kids, you know? Yeah. They would have been like, hey, because these kids got to dance. Yeah. We and got some real we were, professional kid dancers. We were just getting kids, like yeah. any kids. And some kids would bring it. And we would cast, not cast, but would invite them to come in and see if they would dance in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And if they did, they got the part. Mm -hmm. And all the kids would do it. Mm -hmm. So we, we would have extra kids just yeah, in case, case because <laughs> sometimes kids will show up and on the day they're just like, I'm, scary. Not, I'm not feeling it's it scary today. when you're that it's, age. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. But, or, or they're in a bad mood. Like, oh, yeah. mom, you wouldn't let me have that, you know, those Fred Flintstone vitamins this morning. So <laughs> if you mom, but, you no know, dancing. yeah, so I'm not dancing for you, but yeah, some kids would just come and go nuts. And, and the thing is, is like, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think we really could explain at the time, everything that we were making and like the reasoning behind it. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like dancing, I believe that there's no more beautiful expression of being alive than dancing because it's without words you don't have to like think it's just a physical expression of being alive of yeah. not being asleep or doing something else it's just like right go nuts have no rules just do it and then of course as humans we have to make it a competition you do it better than the other person So you guys knew DJ Lance Rock. Was it always going to be him as the host of the show? How did that idea come about? It wasn't. I mean, the host Ooh. of the show was a host of the show. At one point, it was possibly the Bat Commander that we'd yeah, thrown but I was yeah. going to wear a different outfit. I was going <laughs> to maybe do it. And yeah. we had li these little pitch books, and there was a host with a robot, Plex the Robot. That mm -hmm. It was more about... Those two, you know, I don't even know if I still have one of those old pitch books, but the story was a little different, but um, we knew we needed a host, like some kind of a human connection to the world. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely uh, influence of the whole like uh, Tweedlebugs on Sesame Street, like mm -hmm. that, that had, a, I think, a subconscious, like I look back at Gabba now and I'm like, oh, I could see where all that stuff came out of. But at the time, I think it just came out of our subconscious. Like totally. Oh, there's yeah, this. it was and not preconceived. We needed an Ernie to like look down into the Tweedlebugs. We needed yeah. a DJ Lance and like, yeah. not to like out our references, but that's just something <laughs> we watched when we were kids, Sesame Street. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the magazine format of Sesame Street ha had a huge influence on, on Yo Gabba Gabba. And that was one of those other things when we were initially pitching it, when people thought it was animated, Yeah, people were telling us magazine format doesn't work. Kids don't, <laughs> don't like it. And we're like, wait, isn't the internet happening and yeah. little segments and uh -huh. don't think that'll work good? Yeah. No, magazine format, dead format. Yeah. And we were like, what? it seems like it's the best format ever. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> why, why, why couldn't you just execute it a little differently? And sure. so, we just knew we needed a host. I mean, it's we also that, didn't know who, and then that's well. I mean, the idea of that, like us as like adults that still play with toys because we love and remember playing with toys. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that very basic way, it's basically Lance playing with his toys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. bringing out his toys and right. making them come to life in a, a very in a primal way. It's like, yeah, we want someone to bring their toys to life. And I'd known Lance for years. I'd known him for like five years he's been in he was in a band we'd yeah. played together we'd like tour together he was he was a friend but i didn't know how to kind of like pitch him to everybody so yeah i, I just 
I think it was just at Amoeba. I was like, you just got to come meet Lance. Like, just come meet yeah. him and say hi. Okay, I remember, though, distinctly, <laughs> we were there was a point where we had come up with the idea. We'd been pitching it. And this is, it took a few years and where we had just said, we're all in. Mm-hmm. Scott and I, this. we took loans out on our house, like seconds on our house, our mortgages. We quit our jobs. We told our wives, okay, we're going to make this show. And yeah. if it works, awesome. If not, we're going to move somewhere where it's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a moment where we pulled our money together and we were in pre-production. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we have to find a host. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, I've been thinking about this for a while. But it was because we had to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... You don't know if you can be a good parent until you have kids. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to have kids. I don't know how to be a parent. Well, then you have kids and then you have to be a parent. It was yeah. kind of like that with Gabba. It was like, we have to find a host. We have to, he has to be the this. right person. Has to be the right person. And Scott was like, I, I know this guy. I think he would be perfect. We got to go meet him. And we're, we're, you know, okay, sure, whatever. And we went down to Amoeba. Lance is working at Amoeba Records and he comes out of the back room and literally he's wearing like zebra stripe gum pants. <laughs> they were like yeah, rainbow color 70s. pants, big lapel, like perfect velour shirt, giant fro, big beard. And he was like, hello, friends. Or he just said something that he says <laughs> yeah. on the oh, show. It was bleached beard. Ble- his beard was white and then his bleached. afro was black. Yeah. And he was like, he just. It was like lightning bolt. <laughs> Everyone was, like, Everyone was oh. just like, oh my God. And it was myself, Scott, and our DPJ. Yeah. And it was some, someone else was with us. But we all looked at each other like, oh my gosh. And Scott was like, yeah. Oh, we were, we were, I was like, <laughs> was dance like, party in Amoeba. Here we go. He was oh, primarily oh. dancing out did, of the mud. Like, did Lance know that you had an idea for him to be the host? No, or like, no, how no, did you, no, What no, was no. it like pitching it to him, this entire show and this concept? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one to ask him. Because Lance thought I, we, he, Scott was just going like, to introduce us to some friends. We were coming like, there to like see if this was the guy. You yeah. Know, so. I, you know what? Lance always says he was like, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I, I just it. said yes because I like you, Scott, and I'm just going to do this. I mean, I was out with him last night. We went to PJ Harvey, <laughs> and like he's always going to be DJ Lance. Like he's yeah. never not. Like it's hard, even when the show's like not really playing that much. Everybody mm-hmm. recognizes him. Mm-hmm. We're st- oh, yeah, anyways. That's that. another different. Story. And Lance was DJ Lance Rock. That's his DJ name. Like, mm-hmm. So he was working at Amoeba. He was DJing a couple of clubs as DJ Lance Rock. Yeah. As the house DJ. Yeah. That's how I knew him so touring he in was the Raymakers. DJ Makers. Lance Rock. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he wa- it was that guy. And it wasn't like, he, we got a little bit of flack at the beginning. Like, oh, DJ, like, oh, you're hip hop. Or, you know, you're trying to pander to an audience. We're like, no, no, this is the guy. This is That's, DJ Lance DJ Rock. Lance yeah. Rock. Yeah. And people were like, okay, sure. Well, you know, look, honestly, <laughs> yeah. just to dispel that, like, absolutely was never, ever in the plan, like, who this host was that he was black or Hispanic or white mm-hmm. or he was like a DJ, a DJ or right. was like hip hop that right. like that was never ever and it was mm-hmm. like this is the right guy he's gonna bring himself what he has to the show and he did like we collaborated with him on the costume on his personality wow everything top to bottom like he brought that character yeah hi everyone today we're gonna do the DJ Lance dance so everyone get up. Come on, stand up. Now today, we're going to do the arm wiggle. There's like 50 people here. It's a giant hanger. You know what I mean? We're like making this <laughs> for Lance real. And Lance didn't show up the first day. Like he didn't. He freaked out. He, didn't, yeah. oh, he no. didn't show up. He was like, I don't I don't think I can do this. He wasn't an actor. He wasn't like someone that we were casting. You know what I mean? Wow. He's a guy with like 
he lives with thousands of records on every single wall I everywhere. Believe it. I believe yeah. it. And he was just like, I'm just the guy that likes music. He, so the first day wow. he finally showed up at the end of the day, we lost the whole first day. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we sent everyone out, everyone out. So it was just, we just had like a tearful heart to heart with Lance. Wow. And it was tough because he was coming to grips with the fact that he knew that at, from that moment forward, he was going to be that guy on TV. Yeah. And his personal life was going to be different. He, yeah. But he decided, he's like, I just want to let you guys know I'm doing this for one reason, and that's for kids. I'm just doing it for kids. Beautiful. So Beautiful. And he's he held to that he's the so whole punk. time. Like you his, can see it. His, his ethos is so punk that <laughs> he won't do press. Mm-hmm. If you're in the line, receiving line to meet him or whatever, and mm-hmm. you don't have a kid with you, he'll like just look past you, like I'm sorry, where's he's your where's your kid? Kids, yeah. like he's very wow. very like he's not doing like he's not teenage not, media. I'm not here for yeah yeah. I'm not here for you weird adults. I'm here for the kids. <laughs> and I've seen that. I personally have seen that happen. When I go to Comic-Con, I'm walking around and I see DJ Lance Rock and the way he's interacting with kids is this beautiful and everything you're saying is absolutely true. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. He, he, he's a very rad guy. He's a very awesome. very formal, cordial awesome guy. guy. And, but he will, he'll open up. He opens up to kids. Yeah. He's got, he's got a heart of gold that's very protected. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, he's and protective he of only the show. gives it yeah. to the kids. He loves Yo Gabba Gabba because of what it means to children, what it means Absolutely. to his nieces, his nephews, his family. That is so cool. We like it because it reminds us of that kind of punk rock ethos. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing this, I'm this is my guns and I'm sticking to them. Yeah. He's not doing it for he's had offers to do other things. Nope, not wow. interested. Not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and he which and makes it even, hard for him now that the show's not <laughs> constantly in production. Mm-hmm. It's tough it's tough on him. Yeah, I mean that even the the show pales in a comparison to the live show that he he did every show showed yeah, up man. three shows a day sometimes every day yeah. like 6 days a week. And there was talk from the pr- the live show production like mm-hmm. we need to find another Lance. Mm-hmm. What if we got another DJ Lance and mm-hmm. send him out there? Of course we were appalled to even think about that. Yeah, of course. But we also knew that it was wearing Lance down being there every night. He'd be yeah. sick, he'd be he have a like sprained ankle, whatever it was, he would be on that stage every night. That's Even beautiful. if his, he lost his voice a couple and shows. He and he did what he had to do. Like he he would work out before the live shows for like months to get ready for it. He yeah. would like change his diet, his yeah. whole diet. He was a wow. vegetarian. He, and when he went out on the road, the doctor said, you should start eating meat. Because oh, wow. you need yeah. the, those proteins and the energy. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. For the kids. Oh yeah. my God. He's, he's pretty. He's, he's That's a, amazing. He's a trooper, man. He's a. Oh. He's the Love Na- that guy. Navy SEAL of kids shows. Party in my tummy. Now there's a party in my tummy. What has the fan response for Yo Gabba Gabba, for Aquabats, what has that been like for you guys? I could speak for me personally. I mean, Christian being the face of um, Aquabats is probably a little bit different. For me, in general, I think it's for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's something you go through and you grow. It's just something you'd never have been able to figure out how you're going to kind of like deal with it. <laughs> and everyone kind of deals with their own way. It's So, yeah, I think coming off of Gabba is very hard on me. Very, very hard. Because it was like, you know, our 10-year kind of life. It yeah. was like our dream show, you know. and. So uh, I think the reaction and everything was great, but it definitely sets you up for like a bit of a like, wait, we got to get back into reality here. Like, you know. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think, you know, your fan reaction has been incredible. And we, you know, in the beginning when the show first came out, when GABA first happened, you know, the Aquabats was always kind of an underground thing and we had our fans. Yeah. And people liked us or they hated us. <laughs> and and it was... Who hated the Aquabats? Get out of here. Oh, yeah, man. We, we had a lot of haters. Because <laughs> people don't get it. Like they people get don't it. get it. Exactly. And similarly with GABA, we found out that in the beginning, the people either loved it or mm-hmm. they hated it. And that the love grew and grew and grew and grew. Yeah. So that it was really hard to find somebody that hated Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's trolls out there. There's, the trolls live under the bridge, whatever. Yeah. You know, but it was hard to find people that hated it because it got so cool. Like it became yeah. so cool. Whereas Aquabats still kind of remained a little not cool, a little <laughs> weird, which is okay. That I like it. And I'm yeah. where I'm used to it. But I think with GABA, you know, a moment that stands out in my mind is the first year we did a live tour was in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I w- was one of the shows in Sydney and I was standing in the very top nosebleed seats and it was packed. It was like thousands of people and kids and families. And there was this family next to me, this Polynesian family in the cheap seats, mm-hmm. mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, three little kids. And they were singing all the songs and they were hugging each other and they're I just started crying. Like it wow. was crazy. Like I couldn't help it. I just, it was so emotional <laughs> because at some point GABA took on this thing that was way bigger than anything sure. we could even have dreamt of. And I, I used the term happy accident because of wh- where, what it ended up becoming was this amazing bridge between generations of mm-hmm. families that, and kids that want to be pure, like mm-hmm. simple, pure, fun, Hugs are joy, hugs are fun. High five just for the fun of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of like bigger message, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just <laughs> couldn't stop crying for like an hour. Like it was really <laughs> crazy. I actually, after I stopped crying, I went and started talking to that family and I got mm-hmm. their numbers and we had, <laughs> I invited them to come to California. And like <laughs> they came and stayed at our house. Like that's so cool. And, and this is just one of thousands of families that it just touched my heart and it mm-hmm. touched obviously Scott and and that's again like we need more shows like Yo Gabba Gabba we yeah. need things that like cross the bridge between diversity and just that connect human generations Absolutely. and like it's not about ABCs it's not about one two threes it's not about numbers it's not about ratings mm-hmm. it's about teaching our kids to love each other and have fun with each other that's what we're born to do is is be happy and, and you know aquabats is fun and, and wacky and yeah, silly cool cool <laughs> it's more of an indulgent thing for me because yeah. it's like it was one of those things like how are kids gonna like a bunch of middle-aged fat guys in costumes <laughs> like it, it can't can it be done <laughs> and, and the satisfying thing is that you know at our live shows now there's way more families and kids and that's cool kids dressed up like me and you know, they don't know me, so there's no, like, connection mm-hmm. necessarily. Like, it's like, why, why are they like me? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, it actually worked. You know, it yeah. worked. So it's cool to see that the Aquabats was entertaining for kids, even yeah. though it's quirky and it's fun of weird, obscure references and strange things. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like there's all these forces for good trying to make it happen. Yeah. Wow. And we want to do more. You know, we need we need to do more. And why not? <laughs> So uh, make that happen, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I agree, guys. I think the world needs more 
Yo, Gabba Gabba, and I think you guys really, really summed up beautifully what that whole experience was like and what Yo, Gabba Gabba means to so many people. And as a fan and as a fellow human being, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Great job. Hey, we, <laughs> great job. We <laughs> love job. talking about this. <laughs> love Anytime. talking about kids awesome. entertainment. I believe it the kids is. are our future. It is. Teach oh. them well and let, let them, them lead, lead the, the way. way. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Well, there you have it, little munchkins. I hope that you guys enjoyed sitting down with some of the creative minds behind Yo Gabba Gabba and the Aquabats. I was geeking out as much as I did. That was an absolute blast. Big thanks to Christian and Scott. Guys, you're not going to want to miss next week. We have got a huge surprise for the very last episode of season one, and we are going out with a bang, I'm telling you. In the meantime, be sure to visit nickanimationpodcast.com for a bunch of extra cool stuff, including a photo with me and Christian and Scott from today's record. Thanks to the awesome crew who puts this podcast together. This podcast is produced by Jonathan Highlander, Dana Vasquez Eberhardt, Kelly Smith, Andrew Hubner. Original music by Useful Creatures. All of the incredible social media for our podcast is made by Narbe Manassians, Sammy Armager. And thanks to the man who works at controls and makes me sound better than I have a right to, Manny Grova. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast and keep watching cartoons. Mm-hmm.